So when I was growing up, the first book that I remember knowing about, hearing about, uh, loving, other than when I would go to Sunday school and do Bible studies and all those kind of things, the first book that I really remember in my life is a book that um, had some suspense to it. It was a book that made you think something was going to happen all along the way, and it kept you going page after page. It was called, There is a Monster at the End of This Book. How many of you know this book, have ever read this book? All right. I love this book. I love the, the every time that, I remember the first time reading it, that the little golden book that my mom got for me, that you would go page by page. I love the book so much that uh, my parents then bought me the um, version that had the record. Y'all remember that one? Y'all remember that when that would happen? The record that you'd play the record. It would tell you to turn the page as you went, as it was there, and got to read that. Um, I remember this page after page. And so the premise of the book, most of you know this, but if you don't, the premise of the book is that on the first page, he talks about the fact that, wait a minute, the title of this book says there's a monster at the end of this book, and Grover is begging you not to turn the page. And so every page is like, wait a minute, we're closer to the end of the book. Don't turn the page. There's a monster at the end of the book. In fact, there's even one point, there's one page that I pulled from this that says, shh, listen, I have an idea. If you don't turn any pages, we'll never get to the end of the book. And that is good because there is a monster at the end of the book. So please do not turn the page. Now, this is why I thought about this book particular this week is because for many of us, 2020 has felt like this book. Amen. Right? Like, you just don't turn the page. Like, there's something else bad. And we've asked questions. It's felt like this book. Like, every time you turn the page, that something else is going. And we say that kind of comically a little bit, but it's also true. Especially for those of us that live in the Nashville area. With the tornado and then the quarantine and what happened on Christmas Day. It just feels like you just ask the question, what's next? Like, and not in a, hey man, what's next? What's coming up next? It's the, man, what's next? This idea of what is coming after that. And it feels like at the end of this year, there are lots of people saying, well, 2021 may be better. 2021, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for coronavirus, possibly with these vaccines, and maybe there's some good things coming. But we're still kind of left asking this question. What's next? And so today what I want to do is I want to take a very familiar story from the Old Testament in the history of Israel when they were kind of asking the exact same question, what's next? Now this wasn't after a year long, this was after years long of oppression. It comes at a point when they are stuck between a rock and a hard place or literally stuck between an invading army and an impassable sea. And they're asking the question... What's next? Take your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. Chapter 14. We are 14 chapters into Exodus at this point, and so just so you kind of are caught up to where we are and what's happening here, 14 chapters in, Moses has already spent 40 years in the wilderness after being raised in the being raised in 
the Egyptian palace. Uh, he was sent to the wilderness because of his of killing an Egyptian and, and all of that's happening. He's sent there into the wilderness. He spends 40 years there while he's at his 40th year. Burning bush happens. God calls him to go back and deliver the Israelites out of captivity, the Hebrew people out of captivity from the land of Egypt. And he goes back and there are the fights between them, the verbal fights between them, the plagues that God sends. And finally, Passover happens and Pharaoh says, your people can go and they start out on a journey. And as they start out on the journey, they are making it good. You know, they're excited. God gives them protection and gives them direction. He gives them a a cloud to kind of protect them from the sun. And he also gives them fire by night to direct them and guide them. And the cloud also kind of directs them. And so they have all of this happening. And then at the beginning of Exodus chapter 14, we get to a place where God leads them. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, a little more detail, very specifically into a difficult situation. That's what it says in Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Piharoth between Migdal and the sea. You must camp in front of Baal-Zephon facing it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering around in a land of confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. First thing that I see in this passage, which is just fascinating to me, is that God leads them exactly where they are. One of the things for all of us, as we find ourselves at the end of 2020, and for many of us, it's been a very difficult year. It's been a year where we have felt trapped at times in our homes or behind our mask or by our circumstances, where people have spent large portions of time hurt or in pain or pressure or feeling afraid or in a dark valley or having financial uncertainty. And I think it's important to understand wherever you are in life, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, you need to remember. Remember that God knows exactly where you are. God is not surprised by where you are. It didn't catch him off guard that the coronavirus happened. It didn't catch him off guard whatever difficult circumstance in your life is happening. It didn't surprise him whatever good thing in your life is happening. God knows where you are, what your circumstances are, even better than you know. We spend our lives going from situation to situation and it's so easy in the midst of that to let the circumstances or conditions of our life determine our attitude. It's amazing how a simple phone call or an email from a friend or a social media post can send us down the holes of what if and why nows and so what. We just tumble into worry. And we know we shouldn't. Those of you in here, I've seen almost all your faces a lot. You know the Bible says not to worry. Jesus told us not to worry. Don't worry. Worrying is something you have to do. We know the quotes, things like worry is putting question marks where God put periods and worrying is a form of atheism because it shows a lack of trust or belief in God. We know that and yet we still worry. And for many people, worry is as inherent as breathing for them. 
And I'm sure, and we'll see in a moment, the Israelites had worry in their heart and in their mind when they realized the difficult spot in which they find themselves. But what's important to see in this passage is they are simply following the directions of God. And when the question comes up, how can we not worry even when difficult circumstances and situations are surrounding us? The simplest answer is we don't worry because we know God knows where we are. And for followers of Jesus Christ, people that have accepted his salvation, not only does God know where we are, God is with us in the midst of that. When you think about this story of the Israelites, they have been methodically following the cloud and the fire to go exactly where God leads them. In fact, in this passage, we don't really know. Scholars can't figure out where Piharath, which I don't even know that's how you pronounce it, but like I do, like I've told you before in seminary, they just told us to say it fast and confidently and it'll sound right. All right, Migdal. Baal, Zephon, like we can't, we don't know where those places are, but they obviously knew where they were. What we do know for sure is at the end of going exactly where God told them to go, they ended up in a place where the sea was on one side and army was coming on the other. The most powerful army in the world at that time. And we know that occasionally God leads us and at all times he allows us to find ourselves in situations that aren't always optimal and can be very difficult. But the most important thing we can remember in those moments is he knows and he cares. Psalm 23, 4, one of the most famous chapters in all of scripture That phrase again that we've used a lot during this year, it seems, that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And it's one simple reason, for you are with me. Because you're with me, I can make it. As one author says, when you're in a difficult place, God either placed you or allowed you to be there. Either way, he is able to lead you out. One of the first things the Israelites had to come to terms with is, and this is a new relationship for them, God has led them out. They have faithful to what he's asked them to do. But in the midst of that, it is not immediately to safety. It is not immediately to a place that is easy. It is to a difficult and hard and trapped place. And I don't know what 2021 holds. I can guarantee you this, almost assuredly, at the stroke of midnight on 2021, everything in your life is not going to be solved. Right? The virus is not going to swell up and die at 12.00 a.m. on January 1st, 2021. Whatever relationship issues, job issues, financial issues, there is a great chance they're not going to suddenly go away with a new year. But what I can assure you of is that God knows where you are. And whether you got yourself there by the poor choices that you made, whether God has allowed someone else in your life to bring you to that point, or whether God has led him, let us there himself, he is with us and faithful and can deliver us. And we trust in that. The second thing that I see just from those first few verses is that when it comes to those moments when we find ourselves wondering what's next, how do we proceed? The second thing we have to remember is that we have to remember our first priority. 
Notice the why in the situation. So God says, I led them to this place. And then it almost sounds like a, a guy whose plan is coming together. You know, God plans and he fulfills his plans. And so this isn't surprising that God's plans are coming together, but, but it almost reads that way where God says, I'm going to move you here and it's a zigzag. If you look on the map where they think this even possibly be, it's not a straight line to the promised land. It is a zigzag around. And as they get to this place where they're going to be trapped, God is like, and then when you get there, Pharaoh's going to send his army. Good news, Israelites. The army's coming. And when the army gets there, I'm going to remind them again of who is Almighty God. One of the things that we have to remember in our lives as we move forward is simply this. Our first priority in 2021 is to glorify God with everything we have. That's it. And if that means hardship's a part of my life in order to bring glory to my Father in heaven, then bring the issues. If that means as a church we need to face difficult circumstances because it brings more glory to God, then let me sign us up for that. Because our goal in life is to glorify Him. It's not about you. It's not about us. It is about living our lives for the purpose of bringing honor to the name of the God who created us And then redeemed us. And the Israelites are learning that lesson early. Hey, if it was just about them, God would have gotten them out and they would have run. He wouldn't have even done the plagues of Egypt. In fact, when we read about the plagues of Egypt and you look in the study, what you discover is God is showing one by one his power over the so-called gods of the Egyptians, proving that though they thought they were the most powerful nation on earth and had the most powerful gods on earth because of that, that one almighty, the only God is the most powerful. And he deserves the glory. My prayer and my goal is that my life over these years, however many years God gives me, every year it gets harder and harder for me to call myself a young person. You notice that? Like, I'm going to hit mid-40s running in a couple of months. It's hard when you hit 45 to say you're not in your mid-40s. It's there, right? My goal is, however much time God has given me, For the remaining of my life. That I would spend it in a blaze of glory for his name. My prayer for this church. We don't know the long term plan of God for this church. My hope is that this church will do everything we can to blaze for the glory of God. As long as he gives us the ability to be First Baptist Church of Goodlittsville, Tennessee. So here's what happens. They get there. Guess what? Pharaoh does exactly what God says he's going to do. He goes, wait a minute, why not let those people leave? And he comes after them. He pursues them. And as he pursues them, he is going to, to find them and to destroy them and to bring them back and say, I'm going to teach them a lesson. And as the pursuit gets closer and closer and closer, all of a sudden the Israelites begin to notice the situation. Verse 10 says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians coming after them. I love how in this particular version, the um, 
Christian Standard Bible, it has that exclamation point because that is a big point. Like they looked up and there they were. And the Israelites were terrified and cried out for help unto the Lord. I love this, this two-pole thing put together. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord for help because it shows us another important part of moving forward. It's not just to say, hey, I know God's placed me here. I'm going to do what I can for his glory. We also need to not only acknowledge our current situation and the danger and the circumstances we're in, but we need to trust the Lord in the midst of them. Like the Israelites are terrified because that is a frightening thing. We acknowledge our circumstances, but we focus on the Lord. The Egyptian army was the most formidable army in the world at that time. And they were bearing down on them against a sea that they could not cross, that they could not pass. And as they do, they're like, we are terrified, scared to death about what's coming, but we're going to give our focus on praying to the Lord. Now, What's interesting here is we have an example of how to do this and then how not to do this. Because verse 11 says that a group of them, after they cried out to the Lord, after they were terrified, a group of them said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Well, that's a hopeful statement, isn't it? Were the cemeteries too full in Egypt? That we had to come out here where nobody is to die? What have you done bringing us out here? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so we may serve the Egyptians. By the way, that's not what they told him. But sometimes hindsight's not twenty twenty. Sometimes hindsight's completely made up. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So we have an example that at the beginning it says they acknowledged, they were terrified, but they gave focus to the Lord. They focused on him. And then you've got another group that was like, mm, I told you so. Hey, this little side note, by the way, this isn't even part of the main part of the sermon. But I just want you to know, there are always the I told you so's waiting. I don't know if you saw, but there's been a big story about some good things that have happened in the last week. Particularly one of our sister churches, Long Hollow Baptist Church, last week. I was overwhelmed with joy to see what happened there when it came to the baptisms. I don't know if you saw the story that started it, but one of the people that was baptized last week was the father whose wife and child, young child in Hendersonville, were murdered a few weeks ago. As a part of that service and because of the ministry through that, Pastor Robbie was able to share Jesus with him. His wife and child had been saved and baptized after another difficult moment in their life. And the father says, I'm ready. And he asked if he could, Robbie asked him, and he said, yes, I'll be baptized the next day. And they had just a few baptisms the next day. But when his story was told, literally a hundred people there decided it was time to get baptized. Now, one of the things that I loved was that I saw on my Facebook feed somebody that I know in our community that is, I would never doubt their Christianity. They're a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, somebody who has followed Christ as long as I've known them and believe that to be true. But she posted that watching that happen, she finally came to the point where she realized that it was time for her to be baptized because her baptism was before her salvation. 
and that she needed to take that step of faith. And I think they did it at their house with her sister. But it just made me think about the number of people, and it's, maybe for you it is baptism, but maybe for you it's something else, the number of people that keep saying, well, let me pray about it a little bit more, let me think about it a little bit more, and God just says to us, quit praying, start acting, do what you're supposed to do. I don't know what that is for you or what that is for your family, what that is for your 2021, but I can tell you that whatever's next, we know God's going to be with us. In fact, we know that he may lead us into a place that's difficult. We remember that our first priority is the glorifying of God and all that he has called us to do. We recognize that we have difficult situations, but we're going to trust him in the midst of it. And we're going to do our part and trust the results to him. That's what's next for 2021. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful just for the opportunity we have to serve you, and to be a part of the ministry that you've called us to be. And so, Lord, right now we are praying that you would give us just wisdom about what it means exactly to trust you with all of our hearts, with all of our lives, and to do whatever it is that you've called us to do. Lord, we pray that we will be faithful just to do our part and trust the rest to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.